0: have those uh, milestones and those goals, you know, them down and hold yourself accountable. But also, like you had just mentioned, be proud of the journey so far. I feel like we're all our, our biggest critics. Sometimes, you know, there's, there's yeah. no point in doing this if you're not really enjoying the, um, the growth that comes along with it.
1: Welcome to the obsessed with real estate show. I am your host, Alana George, and I am obsessed with real estate. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm excited to present to you our show today. I had an amazing guest, Robert Arroyo, aka Real Estate Rob23, on Instagram, whom I follow. And he shares with us how he got started in building his 15 unit portfolio, as well as why he loves the book Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, whose name escaped both of us during the interview. And as soon as I stopped recording, it came to me. So (laughs) it's not how it happens. And he shares with us what weird thing he used the internet for back when it was invented. So you'll have to stay tuned to find out what that was. But before we jump in, I want to uh, just touch upon I'm having to record this on my uh, phone today on my iPhone instead of my computer because my computer died. And the charger is at my office and that's 40 minutes away. And I have a technician coming to check out our heater that is broken. So, you know, the show must go on just making it work. We'll see. This could be a better video quality. It could be worse. This could end up in the trash can and I have to re-record the whole thing. (laughs) So more will be revealed. (laughs) I'm just happy to be here and having another conversation about real estate. Also, when this show is is airing and you're listening to it or watching it, it should be New Year's. So happy New Year's. And I am so excited this is my favorite time of the year as I share in the episode because I get so charged, energy wise talking about the year to come. I get full of hope and and just, like I said, energy around what I plan to do this year and looking at everything we did in the last year. A year like goes by so fast, but so much happens in a year. Your life can completely change in a year. And every year I set New Year's resolutions and I say resolutions in air quotes because some of them are resolutions, but a lot of them are just general things that I would like to do that year, like a checklist, right? Do I want to travel that year to Hawaii or do I want to you know go go on a date night once a month right? I don't know if those are like classified as resolutions, but kind of just like at the end of the year I would be really happy with myself if I look back and that year I did all of these things, right I admittedly usually my list is anywhere from 13 to 15 items so I get super ambitious. And I keep them all in a special book I don't have here, but I probably average like eight or nine of those things done every year. And I like it. And it keeps track. I like looking back at the years prior and see, oh, what did I do in 2012? That felt significant. So it's, it's fun for me. And I encourage if you're listening to this, like maybe just jot down a few things. If you're not really into New Year's resolutions, that's okay. I know they have a bad rap. Um, people hate on new year's resolutions all the time, but I'm a huge fan and I love them. And you're more than welcome to share yours with me. I will share mine with you. That is uh, a promise I will keep. And, uh, I probably will share a few of them on here. Once I meet with my group to go over that, but I share that with my home girls. So I encourage you to do that. Let's get into the show. All right, welcome Robert Arroyo to the Obsessed with Real Estate show. Robert, aka Real Estate Rob, here. I'm so grateful to have you on our show.
0: Right on. Thank, thanks, Alana. I, I really appreciate that. Um, you know, it's a a blessing and a great opportunity just to kind of discuss with yourself and share my journey and you know talk about all things real estate. So let's get into it.
1: Totally, my favorite topic. <laughs> So it's the, Robert, only topic, really. <laughs> the only topic, really, the only topic I just wait until that one comes up and I should be more aggressive of bringing it up. So Rob and I just met recently in person at BP con, but I was following him for probably at least a year prior to that. I actually knew his wife from my pageantry days. And I don't talk about this very often. I think it was like 20 years ago when I was a teenager, I competed in pageants and his wife, Ashley, who's a total sweetheart, did as well. And so we've been friends on Facebook ever since. Uh, I've been watching her life from a distance and she tagged Real Estate Rob uh, and some of her posts. And of course, I see the word real estate and I'm like obsessed. So I went down like a clicking rabbit hole of finding out who is Real Estate Rob and come to find out you know he's doing a lot of cool real estate stuff posting a lot of great stories looking like flips out of state lots of content and i just really enjoyed his page so when i got the opportunity to meet him at BPcon i definitely seized it and i needed to know more so i invited him on the show so here we are and i'd love for you to just go ahead and jump right into your background where are you coming from what got you into real estate
0: yeah sure so as far as the background goes, I've been a trades worker since the early 2010s. Uh, I got into the uh, electrical uh, union. I was an inside wireman apprentice back in 2011. Um, to my knowledge, you know, I feel like that was like a really young time to get into the good old blue collar work. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, it it was what I wanted at that time, and I don't regret it at all because I was able to learn a lot of different assets is pretty much what it is, different skill sets, understanding how construction works, understanding the importance of having good integrity with the electrical system of commercial buildings, multifamily, uh, business, and single family residential, right? I started off doing the electrical trade stuff. It was was very brutal. Um, I learned pretty quickly that maybe it wasn't cut out for me, right? And from there, I transitioned from higher voltage work and it progressively got lower and lower like for a while I was doing security installs for ADT yeah super low voltage stuff yeah I did like security cameras it was it was a cool gig um it definitely kind of got me out of my shell because I was having to interact with the customers and be more talkative and sometimes sell them on certain things not to sound like I was pitching them anything but if they had intrigue and like let's say buying another um security camera for their home. I had to just guide them through the process, give them the pros and cons, right? Mm -hmm. And then from there, that's actually where I found my the the current career I'm in right now. I do corrosion mitigation as a contractor for PG&E. Been doing that for going on six years now. Yeah, uh, time flies, but it's uh, been a definite uh, blessing and a great opportunity because it's put me in a situation to where I could invest and start other. Uh, Streams of income, if you will. And Mm -hmm. that's where I met, you know, one of my business partners, both of them actually. And that's kind of where we have that discussion of, you know, like, what do you want out of life? It is pretty much how it was um, a proposition to me. It started off as, you know, hey, I just kind of want to get like one house for each kid, you know, nothing too crazy. And then it turned into this whole, you should read Rich Dad Poor Dad if you have any ambition of owning more than one property. And, um, I picked up the book and, you know, the book we all read. Right. And it, it kind of just really put things into perspective, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. And that's really interesting that you're even having those types of conversations at work because not a lot of people have those conversations with their coworkers. So you must have had a pretty close bond with these guys, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. We were, um, pretty much, you know, road spouses. We would always travel together. I think it, it kind of started off like we, we had a couple beers hanging out in Fresno one night. It's a, this like local bar called the dog house.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And,
0: um, that, that's kind of where the initial conversation started. And, um, yeah. my, bus- my business partner said, Hey, check out these new builds I'm doing. And this is like 20, uh, 2018 going into 2019. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, wow, man, it's, that's, that's really interesting. I want to get into that too. And, um, you know, fast forward about three months later, I got my first deal in contract uh 2019. It was a flip. It was actually my father-in-law's property. He had mm-hmm. owned it for years, right? It was beat up pretty bad. You know, let's, I'll just be honest. It needed a lot of work. Yeah. And subsequently, that's how I also figured out, Hey, that was my first creative deal as well. Simultaneously.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Tell me more about, Creative. Do you mean financing or you mean like doing the work?
0: Uh, Terms, uh, creative (laughs) terms. So essentially he had a number in mind. He said, Hey, I know this house needs a ton of work. Um, this is the kind of number I had in, you know, in his, in his mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, very transparent. So I'll just come out and say it. It was, uh, he said he wanted 220 for the, for the sell price. Mm -hmm. And I looked into it. I ran comps. I said, "Hey, you know, this thing could probably sell for 330, 340 if I do, you know, a decent, um, you know, rehab on it." You know, it was. Uh, I saw the rehab at about, or the ARV, pardon me, at three hundred forty thousand. Um, got in contract. So what I did was I did something kind of risky. A lot of people probably would uh, advise against it. Specifically, you know, your um, financial advisor friends. Um, I took out a bunch of credit card debt. I ended up maxing a mm-hmm. couple of them out, tapped into my savings, and I basically put 60K into the rehab. So all in all, I was all in for about 280,000. It mm-hmm. ended up selling at 350. I worked with my aunt as the realtor. So after closing costs, commissions, I want to say the net was somewhere about 325-ish.
1: Awesome. Amazing.
0: The crazy part is is that's actually how I got the down payment for my primary residence, which is a house hack.
1: Yes, which is really smart that you took that and then house hacked with it. Was that hard to get Ashley your wife on board to house hack or is, was she already like on the, you know, same page as far as like rich dad poor dad or or investing in real estate was that weird to her or she was like in it?
0: Great question. So funny enough, um, she was a little gun shy about the idea of investing in real estate because, you know, her father had some ups and downs while he himself was purchasing properties and rehabbing them and renting them out. And funny enough, you know, it took it took a while, you know, to kind of get both of us on the same page. Yeah. But funny enough, she was actually the person that found the house we live in today. Wow. She, yeah, because I told her I said, "Hey, I didn't want to pay over, I think it was like 550 at the time. This is mm-hmm. 2019 going into 2020." Yeah. And she said, "Hey, it's a little bit higher than our budget, but it has a built-in in-law unit. It's already permitted. It's got, you know, it's a little 1 by 1 studio." And she's like, "What do you think it could rent for?" So, you know, me being the real estate person I am, I said, "All right, cool. Let's 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 see what this looks like." And sure enough, I said, Hey, this can get like 1500 bucks all day. This would actually bring our mortgage down from, you know, 3,800 down to 2,300 living in the Bay area for basically central Valley or Sacramento prices.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a steal. That's amazing. I wish that the house that we bought had that. When we bought our house, we actually did rent out one of the rooms to an old coworker of my husband. So he was on board with that because he knew him and already trusted him. And that's fine by me. I have mentioned previously, but like, I feel like I could live in a shoebox as long as I can buy more real estate.
0: (laughs) I'm all about it. Yeah. And like, now I feel like the hard part is you're just trying to navigate in, because we're in a very um, interesting, you know, real estate market, you know, prices are still super high. Interest rates are through the roof, but man there's just there's so much opportunity still you know there's still all these sellers are getting a lot of incentives, uh, rate buy downs, uh, mm-hmm. covering closing costs it's It's still a really good time to buy, but you know it's like move with caution, right I, I almost think that when it comes down to it, I don't believe I'll ever buy a piece of California real estate that won't cash flow, meaning everything's got to be a house hack from here on out. So sorry, right. Ashley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. If she wants to stay in California for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, well, she's on board. She's on board now. She, she loves yeah, it. She, she sees the the benefit of it. So yeah, that's, that's good. My
1: husband is on board with real estate. He's not as on board with house hacking, um, just for this, you know, um, stage of our lives. I mean, having kids does change things, right? So having somebody live in the house, not as comfortable with, but, you know, I've even looked into, there's like sites kind of like Airbnb, but for renting your land for, for camping and renting your land
0: or renting your space. Yeah. I've yeah. Seen that too. Have mm-hmm. you
1: seen that? And I tried to I think, present that.
0: <laughs> is it called the peer space? Is that the same one?
1: I don't know. I, I thought this was like specific for like, Being outdoors. If I find it, I'll put it in the show links and I'll send it to you. Uh, But yeah, please do. Yeah, for campground, like you know, on people's properties because we live down the street from uh, Big Basin State Park, and so oh no kidding. Yeah, yeah, a lot of redwoods. It's gorgeous. We basically live in a park, and um, so I was like, yeah, we could just you know rent some space. But he's not about having people close to his stuff.
0: We'll, we'll call that one land hacking that's what that one is
1: land hacking yeah yeah so i mean i've looked into the options but um that's okay he's on board now for real estate investing so i always like to find out like what was the dynamic there right it sounds like she she saw the possibilities of getting this house that she wanted if she could get you on board and it, you know uh, it, the loophole was it was out of our price range but it had the mm. granny unit right
0: yeah, the Very the, pretty, the yeah. extra the extra rental income, and um, as far as like getting both of us on pay on on the same page in regards to like just overall straight up investing as a landlord, I did a couple cash out refinances for mm-hmm. with some private money. Yeah, so my first couple deals were all uh, private money funded, and then I did a cash out refi with a local lender.
2: Mm-hmm. and
0: my business partners were out here working in california they're both from texas but they oh. lived out here in california during the week so we had those wow. checks mailed to my house and she, and saw the- she saw she saw the cash out refinances and she said hey what what is this and and i said hey yeah. it's, a, it's a check for my business and she's like oh yeah that's a, a you know like she she just flat out said she's like hey, this is this is a lot of money and i said yeah, it's, I'm paying back my lender, of course, but we're basically getting a house for free. And At that point, I think that's when the light bulb went off. She's like, oh, you know, we're investing. Yeah. But we're investing with, uh, we're lowering the the risk, lowering mitigation, you know, by investing out of state in Texas where it's no pay, no stay. And it's has more, you know, landlord friendly policies. Right. Right.
1: Right. And, right. Um, and, and cash out refis are non-taxable events.
0: That's okay. that's the other thing too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Not having to pay the extra, um, what is it? Self-employment tax or capital mm-hmm. gains. So. Capital
1: gains. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, that's one of the reasons I like it so much. So, to, okay. So your first deal was that flip. Yes. Was, you know, created with the numbers a bit and you did credit cards, which you know, a lot of people would say, don't do, I do. I have heard that from investors, right. Especially just starting out, just put on your credit card. Right. Um, it's high interest, but if the numbers numbers work,
0: that's the thing. I opened up three accounts like back to back to back. They were all, I think like $10,000 credit limits and there were Mm -hmm. zero intro, zero intro APR for the first 12 months.
1: Oh my
2: gosh.
0: Right, and I thought to myself, yeah. if I can't sell this thing in twelve months, then I need to reassess my uh, investing strategy. Right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not quit, just reassess your strategy. Yeah, maybe yeah, get a little bit more education.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no, there's no fun in quitting. You know, no one likes a quitter. I, I kind of, uh, you know, pride myself in having that, that internal, you know, that, that grit and that drive, just to, you know, persevere through all the uh, trials and tribulations. Because at the end of the day that's what's going to make me a better um, you know, father to my children, uh, mm-hmm. husband, and just a better overall person in general, building that character.
1: Absolutely. Well, and pressing through, that's what makes you a successful real estate uh, investor because there's always trials and tribulations and nothing ever goes as planned. I mean, was that rehab exactly as much as you budgeted?
0: No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, to be quite frank, I, I think I ran numbers with my, uh, my GC at the time, uh, family member. And he told me, he's like, yeah, man, we can, we can remodel this thing for you know, 35000 And I thought, okay, I mean, that shouldn't be too bad. I got those three lines of credit, all at 10k mm-hmm. off, right? And I thought, yeah, we could do this just fine. And the total numbers ended up being, I think I mentioned it earlier, something like almost double that.
1: Yeah. Because there yeah, was a lot of
0: hidden surprises, a lot of hidden surprises. So yeah,
1: you got to roll with the punches. And I know with my first investment, I just kept thinking like, this is going to make a better story. This is going to make a better story.
0: <laughs> it always does. It always does. Yeah. Cause you know, no one, no one likes when you wave the, the, the flag of surrender, right? You gotta, you gotta push right. through those times. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, and
1: if your first deal is too easy, right, it's going to set you up for failure on your next one. So get all the tough stuff out of the way. What would you say you learned from that deal?
0: I would say the biggest thing I learned from that deal is what you might save in going with more affordable contractors, you can definitely um, experience, you know, uh, longer delays and getting the work done. So from here on out, you know, my my whole mentality has been. I don't mind paying 10 to 15% more than what the lower contractors are bidding as long as I know it's going to get done in a timely fashion. Yeah. I'm totally going to butcher the saying. I think it's something like you can get something done for cheap, fast, or quickly. You could have two of them, but you can't have all three.
1: Right. Right. I think it's a cheap, fast, or quality.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's
1: it. Those are the three. You can you can get two, but not all three. Yeah, I I agree. And sometimes it takes going through that um, experience of hiring the cheapest to see that you really get what you pay for, right? And it's a lot of times not worth it because I've had to hire then people to come in after that and it ends up being more than the higher initial quote. So
0: Yeah, what is the other saying? It's um if you think hiring an expensive contractor is pricey, wait until you hire a cheap one.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a good one too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said it cuz that's when I definitely would have butchered. So, tell me Robert about your current portfolio.
0: So current portfolio, um, I have 10 properties with my LLC partnership and that's with myself, two other individuals. We got that going back in like May of 2020. They're all long-term rentals. One of them is a short-term rental out in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. The rest Mm -hmm. are in East Texas, about two hours East of Dallas out in Long.
1: Okay. And who manages those?
0: So we actually have a property manager, um, come in and, We were self-managing at first. And let me tell you, it is probably some of the best money well spent because, you know, I think we're grossing like about eleven K a month from those long-term rentals. Mm -hmm. And I will happily pay, you know, my property manager 10% just to deal not to deal with the headache, because it was just it was awful. It was an awful experience. But that's the beautiful thing about real estate investing is you essentially figure out what it is that you're good at and what it is that you enjoy. And for the things that you may or may not, that might not be your specialty, just sub it out, subcontract that stuff out because Mm -hmm. your time is better well spent on the things that you truly enjoy.
1: I agree. That's what I love. I'm always looking for opportunities to take things off of my plate. Tell me a little bit more about your partnerships. Has, Has that um, ever been an issue? Is there just trust involved? Did you come up with an outline of who does what? I'd love to hear more.
0: So, as far as partnerships go, uh, one of the really important things to kind of get all out there and just kind of square away is yes, the uh, role, the roles and responsibilities, along with just having clear expectations on what it is that everyone kind of wants out of that partnership. Um, in our situation, it was cash flow. And now we've actually looked more into doing like active income through that partnership, such as, you know, flips, wholesales, um, seller finance, things of that nature.
1: Okay. And what's your role?
0: So something that I've actually taken along throughout the process is I used to be the GC, so to speak, like I would help manage projects, Mm -hmm. get, you know, just little things like getting the utilities turned on, help basically manage the flow of the project. And recently, within the last you know three or four months, we've actually found a really solid GC, and he kind of just handles everything now. So now we have the property management, we have the GC in place, we have local agent, uh, you know, local agents. I should say, it's come to the point now to where it's it's almost on full automation, and this is just something I've been um, just so excited to get to in this point because. Now I get to actually focus and put my efforts in, you know, other investing strategies or something I've been looking at doing now is um, consulting for people that want to get started investing in real estate. And essentially like, Hey, I get them in contact with a hard money lender, walk mm-hmm. them through the process, get them in contact with the GC to manage the rehab. Then once the property is done, we either list it with a local agent or get them in contact with a local lender so they could do a cash out refi Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I could basically facilitate the entire transaction for them for, you know, a small fee.
1: Yeah. Just hold their hand. I think a lot of people would be willing to do that because there's a lot of fear around your first deal and just having somebody that's experienced, who's gone through it, who can answer your questions. I think there's definitely a need for that.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, one of the biggest things I've noticed for um, new investors that they struggle with and myself included was um, analysis paralysis, you know, Mm -hmm. just basically where you overanalyze the properties. It kind of just has a lot of pent up anxiety and Mm -hmm. you sit there twirling your thumbs, spending more time looking at deals as opposed to actually taking the correct action steps to get these things done.
1: I can agree with that. I get that sometimes with multifamily analysis still. Oh same.
0: yeah, it, it <laughs> never goes away. You just it, it helps though once you have somebody or once you've gone through the process.
1: Yes, right? which is why you know I have a coach for multifamily investing because I had gotten to that stage. I was finding off market deals and talking to sellers and as soon as I got to the analysis, I was like second guessing myself and it was really weird because I read all the books. And I listened to all the podcasts and I went to webinars and then all of a sudden real life was in front of me and I would freeze. And so, you know, I am willing to pay for a mentor and an expert, somebody who's been through it to walk me through it, because the truth is there's been plenty of times in my life, and I'm sure that you can, you know, uh, attest to this as well, where I, I paid regardless if somebody was holding my hand or not. Right I either right. pay takes or pay somebody to help me not make them.
0: No, that that's hundred percent accurate. And I feel like one of the biggest things that you can do in real estate um, is also help other people along that journey. because what you're what you're describing right now, it seems to me like you could also provide that same uh, quality of service and help coach people along the way. And mm-hmm. I feel like you're you know we're all we're all kind of getting there together, right? Uh, people right. that are you know in entering their second or third year investing, this is kind of where we pick up a lot of traction I've noticed and yeah. um i I could see you as a coach too. I think you would do yeah. great at that.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm hoping that this podcast helps people as well, but you know maybe maybe in the future, I won't rule it out. Helping people is definitely part of this, and the investor community has is everybody I meet, everybody that's successful is so helpful and so willing to share how they got there. There's no secrets. There's no scarcity. And I just love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No gatekeeping, no scarcity mindset. It's just, honestly, it's probably one of the best things I could say that's happened, you know, so, so far for my, for my personal life, you know?
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you're pretty obsessed with real estate too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was, when I met you at a BPCon out in San Diego, um, when you told me the name of your podcast, I remember the first things out of my mouth were, dude, that's, that's freaking awesome. Like that is, that is the <laughs> best name. You know, it's just, it some, it summarizes everything up.
1: Right. It's the truth. Uh, it's what I want to talk about. It's what I think about. It's what well, I wake up. So, tell our audience now that you have, are gaining momentum. You're in this place with your portfolio and your investing career. What are your current challenges that you're facing?
2: So,
0: current challenges right now is if I'm just being honest with myself and you know everyone out there, it's it's scaling up. You know, trying to scale the business, trying to look for. Um, bigger value add opportunities and taking that leap of faith to take down bigger projects. Because, you know, I think I mentioned earlier, um, you know, 10, 10 units in my partnership, I have five solo now, and it's getting to the point where, you know, this is, this is great. You know, it's like when you're building a home, right? There's one thing that you really need and that's a very strong foundation. I feel like I'm finally getting that stability for my investing home, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And the next step is going to be taking down larger multifamily, uh, 10, you know, 5, 10, 20 larger projects. And that is something I really am going to be intentional on in the next, you know, year or coming years. And that's that's kind of something where, I I do see myself almost hitting a plateau, if you will, like if you're, you know, like in a, in a fitness or working out and I, I need to find a way to break through that. So that's something I've been looking to, um, address and just, you know, kind of strengthen myself at try to persevere and get, get through that next level.
1: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I agree. There sometimes becomes plateaus in our careers and you know, just finding ways to push past that. And this is, like we said, a great community. And there's plenty of people that are where we want to be. And and so I, I'm going to check back in with you. I'm sure you're going to be scaling in no time. I'm not worried about that.
0: Right, Helen. Thank you. We'll and, both get there together.
1: Oh yeah, and then we'll laugh and we'll be financially free and it'll be amazing. So tell 100%. us, <laughs> tell us a. Brag a humble brag or not so humble brag something that you're really proud of. I just really want you to toot your own horn right now.
0: Man, a humble brag, goodness, (laughs) I love the oxymoron.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, maybe a not so humble brag. It just you know.
0: No, it's all good. Um, Humble brag would be. I don't consider me when I was doing my my first house flip as an investor. I consider when I got my first buy and hold rental as my. Kind of like start button for investing. So you know I'm a little bit over two years into this and I'm almost to the point now um, once I have these last couple of projects finished up, I should have my mortgage covered. And so I've, that's just been something that's been like you know on my uh, quote unquote vision board, so to speak, definitely been something I'm just trying to get to. Um, so you know, just staying consistent with it, um, getting the mortgage covered. And then trying to get my net worth up so I could join a certain club. It's uh, I'm trying to think of the name.
2: Um,
1: yeah, do tell? We just started uh, tracking our network net worth. I shared on the podcast with a group mm-hmm. of ladies, my home girls, and how powerful that is. Is tracking your net worth. So I'm all about that. So think, think, think about what gr- group that is.
0: It's Go Abundance, yeah. So oh, for Go, Go Abundance. Yeah. yeah to, join, that would be cool. to join their, um, to join their basically, you know, investor mastermind club. Um, they had two requirements. You have to pay, I think it's a $10,000 fee to get in and you mm-hmm. also have to have a, a million dollar net worth. And so my goal was to get finance, not financially free, but get my uh, mortgage and utilities covered by this time next year, along with, meeting that those requirements so I can join that club.
1: That is so cool. I did not know that they had those requirements. I love that. That's it's goal setting as well. I know it could come off cross as, you know, kind of gatekeeping or like, like they're too cool for everybody, but yeah, I kind of like it because it makes you set that bar.
0: There's that, there's that sense of, um, almost exclusivity to where, it does, it motivates, it helps you, it holds you accountable. And it also helps put things in perspective because if you think about it, right, if you want to scale, what's something you need to be really good at raising money. Mm-hmm. And I've heard from a good bit of my investor, uh, inner spirit of, uh, you know, friends, right. They tell me, Hey man, join a high value mastermind. And, I think to myself, like, man, that that's crazy. Like, how I, it's hard to justify spending that amount, but the return on investment is infinite. And essentially, mm-hmm. you can go into these things and um, you know, network and JV on deals, and you know, p- potentially do so much more, such as finding private money. That they have a term; they call them Go Bros. Helping your Go Bros. You know, find out find extra um, sources of passive income as well. Right. Yeah. And that—that's kind of you know one of the many benefits that you could expect when you join these high-value masterminds.
1: Are you a part of any masterminds or accountability groups right now?
0: Currently, no. But my investing partner and I, his name's Jess. We do like a a yearly summit, kind of like a a retreat, if you will, where we just get a bunch of investors and we go to you know pretty cool like Airbnbs. Um, I think it was twenty. 2021, we went to Breckenridge, Colorado, never been out there before in this like multi-million dollar mansion, beautiful, beautiful property. And then in 22, we went to Brady, Texas, which is like the heart of Texas on this thousand acre ranch. We had 12 guys there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was huge. It was a good time. Uh, We had 12 um, really solid people, you know, really solid investor folks. And um, I think in 23, we're going to try to set something up to go to the Smokies.
1: Oh, that is so cool. I love that. I know some other investors that do that as well. And to be honest, New Year's, I I love Christmas. I love my birthday, but New Year's is my favorite because there's like so much planning involved and excitement around setting goals and looking back on the year and, and all the hard work I put in and see what I hit and what I didn't hit and why. And just restructuring. I love that about the new year and and plan, and goal setting in general. It's some. It's so energizing to me, and that's so weird. I know.
0: I don't think that's weird at all. I think it's like really good for you to, you know, number one, you know, have those uh, milestones and those goals, you know, and down and hold yourself accountable. But also, like you had just mentioned, be proud of the journey so far. You know, there's, there's yeah. no point in doing this. If you're not really enjoying the, um, the growth that comes along with it. Yeah. And, you know, we're kind of, I feel like we're all our, our biggest critics sometimes. And, um, sometimes we just have to take a step back and say, wow, man, like I, if you would have told me my life is or where I am in my life right now, you would have told me this about five years ago, I would have said, yeah. you're crazy. You're crazy, Alana. There's no way I'd be there. There's no way.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. When I was at InvestorCon this year, we talked about, there was a speaker presenting on the gap and the game. And I, for the life of me, don't remember the author's name. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. And that was the same, like, why are so many int- entrepreneurs depressed? And it's because we're always looking at the gap between where we are and where our goals are. And the goals are always changing. Right. As soon as we get close, we push it to the next. Right. You're, you know, super successful with your current portfolio, but you're looking at what you're doing next. Right. And you're not there yet. And that'll always be, you know, moving as you progress. And just like you said, there's so much happiness in stopping and turning around and looking at how much you've done, looking at the gain. Like, look how far. We've come, look at what we've done in the last year, five years, right? And if we don't acknowledge that, then we'll never feel like we're doing enough because we're always comparing ourselves to our future selves.
0: That's right. Yeah. Um, that's, you hit the nail on the head, you know, in a nutshell, that's that's what we're all doing here is just, you're never really in competition necessarily with anyone else more so than it is just your prior self or you're trying to get to your future self. So yeah, I, yes. I definitely can see, you know, why people can have those issues.
1: Yeah. So thank you for sharing your brag. I'm really excited for you. Now, please share with us if you have any thoughts on what you would tell your 18 year old self.
0: Ah, 18 year old Robert, man, that guy was, (laughs) he was something else, man. I'm sure if any of my high school friends that hear this, if you know, you know. Uh-oh. If I could tell myself anything, it, it would be three things. I would say, you know, build your credit and that, that goes, you know, multiple different avenues, um, your personal credit, along with your business credit, you should also learn sales, um, get yourself into a position to where don't get me wrong. The blue collar work is awesome. I, I don't regret it at all. Cause it taught me the importance of hard work and have, being a man of merit, having good integrity, but with sales you just have this, this ceiling that just it, there, there's no ceiling. You can make, you know, half a mil in, in six months. I know, uh, some investors who have gone from leaving their W2 jobs, you know, 150, 200 K earners going to, you know, half a mil in a year. Right. Yeah. And, and then for mm-hmm. number three, it would, that's a tough one. Get several hobbies, you know, get, get a couple of different ones to keep yourself, um, Physically fit, sh- mentally sharp, and creative. Because if you just let this whole investor persona kind of run or dictate how you are as a person, you know, you, you kind of lose who you are as, as a, your inner person, your inner self. So it's really mm. important to have all those different pieces um, in line working together, not against each other.
1: I love those. They're very well thought out, and I liked your point about learning sales because, looking back, I thought that I knew what sales was. Like I had a, I've been working since I was fifteen. Since I was you know, California said that I was old enough to get a job. I started working, and uh, I thought that I was in sales. I, my first job, I was uh, selling balloons at the mall. <laughs>
2: no way. Mall.
1: Yeah, I'd stand in the center of the mall with like um like 200 balloons wrapped around my arm and I would just make change out of my apron for kids and stuff and I thought that doing stuff like that was sales because I was selling the balloons, right? But really that's more customer service and I didn't understand the difference until I actually got into real estate sales, right? I'm a realtor and went down the rabbit hole or studying sales right right I soon realized that I didn't know what to say to carry a conversation in a direction that I wanted it to as opposed to customer service where I would just I was pleasant and nice and I could give you what you asked for right <laughs> you want a balloon here's the balloon like that was easy It's not the same and so I love that you brought that up because it is a learned skill, you can be naturally inclined to be, you know, service oriented or have good customer service skills, you're charismatic, likable, but it's a learned skill of sales. And it needs to be respected and treated as so. So I love that you highlighted that. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, hindsight's always 2020, right? And um, if I would have known, you know, 10, 12 years ago, whatever, that um, 14 years, dang,
2: <laughs> I'm getting up there. <laughs> I'm like, how old are you?
0: <laughs> or whatever. Hey, however, however um, long ago it is. Long time ago.
2: Time is relative.
0: Time um, is relative. If I would have known that, you know, I would be in the situation where my W-2 job helps, you know, provide provide for my family, right? but Mm -hmm. what's, what's really helping me build wealth is sales. You know, when it comes to negotiating with the homeowner who wants to sell a property off market and they don't want to fix the roof or, you know, they don't want to update the kitchen. You you have to go in there and find a win-win scenario for the seller along with yourself. If you're the investor, if you're, you know, representing a buyer, it's all about just trying to get people to com- compromise and come together so that way everybody can walk away from that transaction and feel that they're all winning, right?
1: hmm right. Getting everybody on the same page and not, it's, it's really creating win-win situations and scenarios and creating solutions. And I would love it if you could share with us who or what has been your biggest inspiration?
0: My biggest inspiration. Oh, man, that's a good one. As far as just wanting to be the best version of myself, it, it, it kind of stems back to, you know, like just some of my family members growing up, um, you know, my grandparents. I've seen... I've seen my grandfather from my dad's side just, you know, sacrifice so much in his life, you know, just provide for the family. Um, You know, my dad's side, they got big, there's, there's, you know, it's a big family on that side. I think when, when I was growing up in that house, we had 10 people living in a three bedroom house.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And, you know, just seeing that hard work ethic and just the consistency to go in every day and just, you know, just, just crush it, man. Like that was inspiring to me. And I feel like those intangibles have kind of been ingrained into my being because now I'm able to see like, Hey, you know, I want to have that same work ethic, but instead of working for somebody else, I want to do it for myself. So Mm -hmm. that way, you know, I can spend more time with my, my wife and kids and, you know, be more present in my, you know, my family and being more present in my children's upbringing.
1: I love that. Do you have any book recommendations for our listeners, uh, real Ooh. estate, life related or not, or podcasts, something educational?
0: One of my favorite books, and this kind of goes back to sales, I forget the author. So we're going to have to like plug it in the show notes later. Yeah, it's yeah. called N- Never Split the Difference. Ever yes. since I read that book, I have just been on a tearing spree when it comes to negotiations.
2: Mm-hmm. and
0: that's about this guy. I think he was a, like an ex CIA agent. He was, uh, like a hostage negotiator. Yeah. And when it comes to never splitting the difference, I mean, that's life or death. You can't, you can't split that difference. Right. So, um, yeah, a hundred percent. That That's probably my favorite book as far as, um, you know, that I've applied toward, you know, real estate aside from the, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's the David Green books and the Brandon Turner books.
1: I will admit that I normally would have that author, author's name on the tip of my tongue because I believe I read that book like two or three times. Oh, and it's great.
2: It's great, yeah. yeah.
1: It's it's really great. And the example he gives for Never, for never Split the Difference, one of the examples in the books that, was, uh, that stuck with me was if you came to your spouse and said, should I wear the blue shoes or the black shoes? And if they said, you know, if you compromised and split the difference, you'd be walking out the door with a blue shoe and a black shoe. And you can't do that.
0: <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine like, and it's funny because the, the concept is so silly, like the concept of walking out the house with two different shoes. But, you know, when it comes to negotiations, I mean, if I could just be point blank, it's you're either winning or you're losing. And um, that's kind of what it all comes down to. Yeah. And it goes back to putting yourself in a situation to where you along with the other people involved can all feel like you're winning. So that's, uh, that's it.
1: Yeah. That's the only option. I love that book. And mostly because it has so many tangible real life things you can use. Sometimes I read books and it feels like all fluff. Like if it was just Mm, selling me on a concept, that's one thing. But Never Split the Difference actually had me walk away with tools and tactics that I have used, right? And I think that that's really cool. So if you haven't listened to that and you're listening to this or you haven't read it, go download it, order it on Amazon, find it in the library. It's definitely worth it and a value add to your life. So tell me um what you are obsessed with right now or in general.
0: Besides real estate. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, as far as being obsessed with things go, one of the things I like to pride myself in is, you know, I love um, you know, coaching, spending time with my my little ones, because mentoring the the youth, the future minds of you know tomorrow will have, you know, huge implications on, you know, society as a future. And if there's one thing I could spend more time on it It would be coaching usually a sport right you know i, I grew up playing you know uh, sports never got past like high school or junior college but you know it was still something that i held very near and dear to my heart the camaraderie the um the life lessons learned and that's that's something i, I would you know like to spend more time with um more time on you know doing and as far as um other things get being obsessed with goes i've become a little bit more obsessed with getting back into health and fitness again. So that, that's pretty good. I still got a long road ahead of me, but it, it feels good. It feels good. Um, I've been back in the gym for like eight months now and it's something I really want to continue to keep uh, pursuing and, you know, trying to beat my previous self every on a daily basis.
1: That's great. That's great. Yeah. Working out and self-care, that's so good for you and it's good for mental clarity. It's just good, good all around. So that's great.
2: Yeah. hundred percent.
1: Now transitioning a bit. I want to hear a boring fact about you.
0: Boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> something that's like, I don't, know, I don't know if it's boring or more so than it is weird or strange, but growing up, you know, we used to, I mean, we're all, we're all the same age. Well, you and I are something i found kind of interesting was we were never really guided on like how to use the internet growing up or weren't I wasn't supervised too much on it, no. and I, I remember I was like in fourth grade at the time. My grandparents had this; uh, it was an old like desktop, an like, old Mac, like old Mac computer. And every time I got home, because they would watch me until my parents picked me up, I would go on the internet and I would research so many useless facts about spiders and insects. So <laughs>
2: spiders,
0: yeah, like spiders. I had a I had two pet tarantulas. Yeah, when I was like in fourth no. grade. They were, they were oh nice. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah, it's a bit much, I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh something that I, I'd say is pretty pretty boring.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting. Not a lot of people can say that that's what they use the internet for, and also that they had pet tarantulas. Is that something that you could see uh your sons having is pet tarantulas? Do you have two sons or you you have a boy and a girl?
0: I have two boys. Yeah, they are. Um, one of them is kind of intrigued by like lizards and stuff, and the other one, my younger one, is like, "No, get it away from me, Dad!" It just freaks him out. It's it's kind of funny.
1: That is funny. That is funny. So, no tarantulas in the Arroyo household as of now, or in the near future. Abs-
0: absolutely not. Ashley would freak out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> So, what's next for Robert Arroyo, aka Real Estate Rob?
0: As far as like my next, you know, milestones or goals are are to be concerned, I really want to get more into those larger multifamily space uh, spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, um, building, developing. Um, I really oh, want wow. to get. Yes, I really want to do developing for build and holds out of state and, you know, specifically Texas, the market I'm already working in, right? Strictly because I've seen huge rent growth, uh, very, very high demand out there still, and there's just not enough housing. So that's something I want to get into on the buy and hold side. But as you're aware out here in the Bay Area, properties are going for like 900 bucks a foot in certain markets like Walnut Creek, you know, uh, Danville, San Ramon, all that stuff out here where I'm from in East Bay. And I mm-hmm. want to, I know I can build for significantly less than that. And I want to get into developing out here locally, build to sell. And with mm-hmm. those profits, reinvest them on build to holds out of state.
1: Yeah, that's Thank really you. smart. Yeah. So are you taking on investors for that?
0: Yeah. So um, I'm looking for, you know, investors, uh, partnerships, uh, multiple different opportunities, because, you know, kind of like how we mentioned earlier, there. are is a lot of um opportunities for us to work together. There is no gatekeeping here. There is nothing but an abundance mindset and I feel that there's enough room for everyone to get a piece of their pie.
1: I agree. I agree. So how could our listeners get a hold of you, get in touch with you, pick your brain, ask you questions or get more information on investing with you?
0: Yeah, so if I, if you want to get a hold of me, I would say the best thing to reach out on as far as social media platforms go is Instagram. I'm on there pretty frequently. Real Estate Rob 23 is my handle. So if you want to learn or talk some shop with real estate, feel free to give me a follow. And you know I'd be more than happy to uh, discuss strategies and maybe meet up for some coffee or something.
1: Yeah. And then start uh, your mentor- mentorship program. And uh, are you taking on mentees right now? When's that, when's that starting?
0: So I've, I've actually, um, it's not so much more so like the mentorship. I guess it, it kind of is. So I want it to be more on the logistics side as a consulting firm to where I mm-hmm. basically walk people through the entire process. And I've actually pitched it to a few individuals. And there's two deals I'm looking at. I'm a little bit spread thin at the moment. So I can't take these deals down myself. So mm-hmm. I figure, hey, there's plenty of it to go around. Let's see if I can get, you know, other people involved or other people on board so I can help them generate long-term wealth as well.
1: Okay. This uh, is a follow-up question because I'm curious. How are you currently finding deals?
0: So as far as my current lead source, it's nothing mm-hmm. crazy. I'm actually just going through like, um, I got a couple of wholesalers, a couple of local wholesalers, a couple agents. Facebook marketplace. I found a couple deals on there, believe it or not. Wow. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm not proud to say it, but I found a couple on Craigslist. Um,
2: it's a little Craig strange.
0: It's a little, it's a little janky, you know, find house on, on Craigslist. Um, another one is, uh, investor lift. That's a good website. If you're not aware of it, there's Mm-mm. plenty of deals on there. And, um,
1: investor I'm starting to see lift.
0: Yeah, investor and then lift like you know you're lifting weights or something. L I F T. Correct. Yes. Okay, and um, last but not least, uh, I'm starting to see a lot more deals coming on just the regular old MLS. It's mm-hmm. it's about that time we're starting to see that shift in the market. So don't yeah. sleep on don't sleep on the MLS, folks. There's there's plenty of deals out there right now.
1: Perfect. Thanks for sharing that and for all of your insights and tips today. It's been a pleasure interviewing you and talking about you and finding out what makes you tick. So thank you so much, Rob, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, this has been a pleasure.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Alana. It was a pleasure, and you know, I look forward to seeing you grow and you know, working together in the future.
1: Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Rob. So that is all for our show with Robert Arroyo. That was so much fun. I had a great time diving into, you know, his portfolio and what he actually does outside of just his Instagram uh, stories that I see. So, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five star review or a thumbs up. Definitely subscribe on any platform you're listening or watching this on. And as always, you can connect with me on Instagram, Alana George underscore real estate, or TikTok, same handle, Alana George underscore real estate, or contact me through the show website, obsessedwithrealestateshow.com. Or if you're interested in finding out more information on investing with me, go over to my website, clearconnectioncapital.com. Thank you for listening and I will see you on the next one.